All right, well, Ivan, it's uh, good to see you again. Some of us uh, may remember, or maybe we weren't here, uh, but you've actually been here once before and uh, yeah. shared with our church. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing since the last time we saw you? Okay, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. My name is Ivan Alegria, or, or you can call me Ivan or Ivan. Ivan, I, came, uh, I am from Chile, South America, so all my Chilean and Latinos friends, they call me Ivan. But all my Aussie friends and people, he call me Ivan. So feel free to call me Ivan or Ivan. It, that's okay for me. So yeah, I came here in 2017 to share about our ministry at World of Life in Chile. But since that uh, year, God has started to move uh, and to call our family to come here to serve with World of Life in Australia. So World of Life is an international ministry, it's a youth ministry that is in, in more than 80 different countries. So, yeah, we're now here with our family serving with Word of Life in Australia. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your family then. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, maybe if you can click one more. Uh, I have the, the clicker. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, if you, ha- yeah, if you can just move one slide more. This is not working. Try now. Okay. (laughs) That's that's an interesting ad. (laughs) Okay. This is just some photos when I came in 2017. So uh, there was Pastor Joel uh, and also the... The musicians here maybe are the same, maybe have been changing, but it's been five years. And this is our family. Uh, my beautiful wife, her name is Madeleine. Our uh, oldest daughter, she is uh, Antonella. She's 10 years old. And our youngest daughter, she's Michaela. So we got married in 2017. Uh, Lord willing, next year we're, we're going to be uh, in our 13th anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Uh, and so now you guys are living here, is that correct? Yes. So we live in Poma Quarie. It's, the suburb is Lakewood, by, but like nobody knows Lakewood. Uh, everyone knows Poma Quarry. So we live almost 25 minutes from Poma Quarry. Right. That is where World of Life uh, headquarters are located. Cool. And so you had a bit of a trip to get here today. <laughs> yeah. So we, most of our ministry is all around New South Wales and also interstate. So we travel a lot. I was telling Pastor Yo that we came just this past March, and in almost seven or eight months, I've been in Armidale, Tamworth, Sydney, Griffith, a lot of cities, a lot of suburbs, but we're just on purpose. Just go to different regions and locations to share the gospel with, youth, uh, with young people. Oh, that's, yeah, that's awesome. So what's one thing that you like to do? Do you like what kind of hobbies do you have? What are you passionate about outside of the ministry? Yeah, I love soccer. So if you know a <laughs> South American, yep. we love soccer. So yeah, that's one of my, uh, the things that I really love to do. Uh, it's been hard for me just to find a soccer team here in Australia. But yeah, I, I, love to, I love to play soccer. I love to sing also with my family. So yeah, this is one of my, the best things that I, I, I love to do. That's awesome. I think last time you came, you sang with your family, and that was really a treat. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we look forward to that. <laughs> All right, Ivan, I'll hand it over okay. to you. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much again. Thank you for this opportunity. And uh, before sharing the uh, God's Word, uh, I would like to, to share a little bit about our ministry. 
So kind of background of us, um, we got married in 2010, then we moved to Argentina. We studied three, three years there in the Bible Institute uh, from World of Life in Argentina. Then we moved to our home country, Chile, to serve as a youth pastor and as a, as a system pastor by, uh, during five years. Then the Lord moved us to work uh, in World of Life, to serve uh, World of Life, in World of Life in, in Chile during seven years. But as I said before, in 2017, God started to call our family to come here to serve in Australia as missionaries. It was a hard decision because we didn't have any family here, any friends here. So it was like leaving all behind just to follow God's calling. So it took us almost a year of praying, of looking for counsel. And in 2019, we decided to come. So... We were ready to come in 2020. We bought the tickets. We started to sell everything from our home. And then the pandemic came and our flight got canceled three times. We were a bit disappointed. But a, a, a part of every uh, situation, we believe that God had uh, control of, of everything. So nothing escapes uh, of his control. So... That's why uh, during these two years of pandemic, uh, we found out that our youngest daughter, which is Michaela, she was uh, six years old then, um, she started to uh, show some uh, seizures, some crisis, like absence time and some seconds of minutes of absence. So after a kind of research and medical advice, we found out that our daughter had a a epilepsy that was produced by a tumor that was located on the left side of her brain. So that was during the pandemic. Uh, in 2021, we took her finally to a surgery to a neurologist, a children neurologist, and she was she is the best in in Santiago in Chile. So she gave her a medication that worked during 10 months, but after those 10 months, the crisis came back. So we were really disappointed. Uh, it was hard for us to see our daughter suffering, that kind of things. Uh, but uh, this past November 2021, when the crisis came back to her, so her, her neurologist told us the only way for her to be healed is, is to have a surgery. So she had a, a tumor on the left side of her brain. So it was a really hard surgery, a really complicated surgery. God is answering now. So the following morning, God, in a miraculous way, God provided all the money for her surgery. And he started to move everything. So when you think that there's no ending way where you're stuck in in a hard time, Never stop of trusting in God, but he's always going to do something. So in a matter of weeks, we took our girl to Brazil because in Porto Alegre, Brazil, there, there are the best neurologist uh, surgeons in South America. So we got the surgery on, ele- on December the 11th, and uh, praise God, she is now, uh, she, at, at that day, she was completely healed. Uh, the doctors measure her brain directly on, on, on the surgery room, and they came back and say, your child is healed. 
So it's been almost a, almost a year this, uh, this next December. Yeah, thank you. And praise God, because at the beginning of the pandemic, we were kind of frustrated because we really wanted to come here to Australia. We felt like God was calling us to come. But you know, sometimes and, and we need to learn that God's times always are perfect. And sometimes we just need to trust him. Maybe we don't see his hand, but we can trust him that he's doing something that we don't understand. So that's how we came here in, in March, this past March 2020. So it's been almost seven, eight months that we have been here serving the Lord through the ministry uh, where of Australia. Okay, so if you don't know uh, much about Word of Life Australia, our mission is to reach the lost youth, to restore the backslider, and to refresh the committed believer. We seek to, to do this through direct evangelism as well as supporting the local church by providing biblical resources and leadership training. We have two key goals, and this is our passion and what, what drives us to serve uh, through the youth People. We have two goals. We want to see every student in everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. And this is really excited because now it's no more, no, no anymore word of life going and preaching the gospel to the youth, but it's word of life training young people in how to share the gospel with their peers. Because I have a 10-year-old daughter, uh, and sometimes I cannot connect with her friends, but I can influence her. I can train her. I can equip them in how to share her faith. So our first goal is to see every student in everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. But also our second goal is to see every student growing in the walk with Christ. So here's a short video about what Word of Life Australia is. Okay. 
Okay, our, our main goal as a family and our role in World of Life ministry is to develop a new ministry within World of Life that we call local church ministry. Uh, this is our, our core verse from the Bible. It's to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, to equip his people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And this is our calling and this is our passion, to equip young people to serve in the local churches, to train young leaders to be an inf- a, a godly influen- influence, influential in the midst, in the community. So that's why we are going to be um, training and equipping uh, young leaders uh, within the local churches. Our mission, our mission as the local church ministry is to serve local churches in the development of ministries that multiply disciples of Jesus. How we do that? Through leadership training, discipleship, and intentional evangelism. We want to support the current generation of youth leaders to have a ministry that produces disciples of Jesus. So we're serving the next generation. We're really intentionally focusing our resources and our time in equip youth leaders for, for them to be an impact in the local churches, in their own communities. This is, a, uh, this is from a research from um, McCrindle. Uh, he says uh, in a research in 2020, uh, ensuring that young people are equipped and empowered to serve in the church is vital for the sustainability of the church. This requires relevant training and engagement strategies such as mentoring programs, apprenticeship pathways, and leadership development infrastructure. So we are doing this through local church ministries. Just yesterday, we have a meeting with four youth leaders from a church in Blacktown. They are keen to start a youth ministry in the local church. They see the need. It's been hard for them to start, but Word of Life is coming alongside them to support them, to equip them, to train them, to provide a curriculum, resources, uh, so they can get all that training and be a blessing in their communities. So one of our... Uh, our goal as a, as a missionary is Word of Life is a faith ministry. So we're not, uh, we're not paid for what we do. Uh, we live for uh, donations and support from friends, families, and different churches. And it's a faith ministry. So uh, if you would like to join our support team to come alongside and help us to, to serve in this country and to be an impact in this generation, you can uh, come alongside and do two things for us. The first one is pray. Please, if you could pray for us. I have some prayer cards on the table in the front, in the back. So get one prayer card and please pray for us. So this is the, the main resources that we want you to Please be praying for us. Uh, it's been a transition coming here to a new country, a new language, no friends, no families, just to come and, and start like a new life. But we are following God's calling uh, to serve the Lord here in Australia. But also, you can be involved with us in a financial area. So giving uh, monthly donors are the backbone of our ministry 
all those who faithfully give what they can each month help us to reach our generation with the gospel of Christ. Oh, donors, make our ministry happen. So if you are keen, if you're interested to know more about our family, I'll be in the back at the end of the service so we can talk. Uh, I have a list also. If you want to receive our newsletter or more information about us, please write your name down, your email, your phone, so we can be in touch and we can have this partnership together. Um, if we can change the, the PowerPoint presentation. Um, yeah, we appreciate, appreciate your prayers and, and thank you for all your attention. And I would like to please open your Bible in... Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. So during so many years, I've been talking with friends and pastors and youth leaders and missionaries around the world from different countries, from different contexts. And... I found out that one of the things that everything, everyone is looking for is to be a part of a thriving ministry, a thriving community, a thriving church that is growing, that is buying new buildings, uh, that is planting churches in different areas, that uh, uh, ministries that are growing and thriving. And in Acts 13... We're going to see a ministry that is thriving. If we go to the end of the chapter, we have those two verses. Verse 49 and verse 52. So Acts chapter 13 verse 49 says, The word of the Lord spread, spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited to the God-fearing woman of high standing and the leading men of the city. Verse 52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What an amazing verses to see the word of God spreading, spreading through all the region. To see the disciples of Jesus filled with joy, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm pretty sure that everyone here wants this for your family, wants this for your church, wants this for your community, for everything that you are involved with. To see your projects thriving and flourishing and being prospering by the grace of God. But the question is this one. What do we need to be in a thriving ministry? What do we need to be in a thriving community? What do we need to see our families thriving and prospering and, and growing with the Lord? So I want to share four principles that this chapter teaches us to have a thriving ministry. Because sometimes we have the final picture, the success, the thriving, the, the prosperity, how they get there. So... We're going to be uh, learning some principles that we must follow to have a thriving ministry. The first one, to have a thriving ministry, to have a growing ministry, is not about finances, it's not about big buildings, it's not about having smart people, it's not about having chapter 13, the first verse says, in the church of Antioch, 
there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who has been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they have fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them off. A godly community. If we want to be involved, if we want to be a part of a thriving ministry, if we want to have to, to see our, our families thriving, growing, it's not about big ideas. It's not about the best strategies to grow. It's not, about, it's not even about a commitment to follow the leader. It's about a, be a godly community. So what is a godly community? And we see here that they have a great variety. They have a great variety. People coming from different contexts, with different backgrounds, with different capacities. We have here a man called Barnabas, another man called Simeon, Lucius, Manaen, and Saul. So if, we know, if you know a, a bit about the story of Saul, he was a, a guy that was persecuting the church, the Christians. He was a guy that everyone was afraid about him. We see another guy here called Manaem. He was a good friend of Herod. He was a man of, of, um, of wealth, a man of, with a good position. He was a man with uh, influence, with uh, very influential. So we have a great variety People coming with different backgrounds, with different capacities, with different budgets, whatever, but with just only passion, with just with only desire to grow in faith and to honor God with their lives. Second, they have a godly vision. So, what were they doing together? They were not just eating or f having a good fellowship. They were not gaming or doing something fun. They were really focused on their spiritual life. They were growing. They were praying. They were fasting. They were worshiping God. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, they were really intentional, spending time with the Lord. It's interesting that God uses this small church in Antioch to the whole world. So Antioch wasn't a big city. Antioch wasn't a, a very influential city at those times. It, was a, it wasn't a, a, a city with, uh, with a great influence in, in the region. It was a small location. It was a poor place. So they were there all together praying, fasting, worshiping the Lord, and dreaming with what the Lord can do through them. So what does this, this kind of community do? What kind of things a godly community do? I want to read a, a quote for, from a book 
of poultry called lead. And he says that leadership community communities are in trouble when they assign more power to their planning than to their prayer. Your devotional life gets kidnapped by the preparation and planning, and you are less dependent and dependent on and open to the ministry of the body of Christ. Fruit in ministry is a, their obedience transforms their lives and calls them into his work. It's not just about planning. Maybe do you want to have a thriving family? It's not about having the perfect job, the perfect budget. It's not about living in the perfect neighborhood. It's about being godly, a godly mom, a godly, a godly dad, spending time together, reading the Bible, praying together, talking about God, giving testimonies, sharing the gospel to your friends, to your, uh, those, those people around you. If you want to see your families growing, if you want to see your ministry growing and thriving, we, we got to be a thriving community. Just come alongside all together. Gather around the Word of God. Gather around prayer times and worshiping God together. They were also empowered by the Holy Spirit. They were not uh, following a human voice. They were not following a smart guy a, uh, or a eloquent person. They were really sensitive of how the Lord was calling them and where the Lord was calling them. So we can see a promise from Jesus in John chapter 16, verses 10. The truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and I will see and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So we see in Acts chapter 13, verse 2 until 11, that the Holy Spirit was really involved in this ministry. And first, first we see that the Holy Spirit was calling them. He calls you. He calls us. Verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice, where he wants us to go, what he wants us to go. Sometimes we know that we have to share the gospel. And there we are seated beside a person, a random person, maybe in a flight maybe in a train, in a one-hour travel, and 
We know that we have to share the gospel to show Jesus' love to them. And we're just kind of struggling and kind of do I have to do. I don't want to be the awkward person that come and talk about Jesus. Leave that to the missionaries or to the pastor. I'm really focusing on, on, on the trip. I don't want to miss the station or whatever. And there is the Holy Spirit just telling you what to do, telling you what to say. And, and we, we are not sensitive to that. Sometimes God can lead you to another place to be a blessing. God can move you to, give, to do an a, a act of love, to bless families, to bless people. And we're kind of struggling. So if you know a, a bit about the New Testament, just think about one minute. What if Paul and, and Barnabas, what if they said at that time, I know that God is calling me, but I'm not going there. I know that God is leading me, but I'm really comfortable here. It's been almost two years that Paul was there with, with, with Barnabas ministering the, the, the church in Antioch. In Antioch, uh, we're going to see that it was the first time that the, the, the followers from Jesus, they were called Christians. So they were doing an amazing job. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit told them, you got to go to another place, to a new place, to a new location. For us, back in Chile, we live near a family. We have really good friends, a good ministry. Uh, we live in, uh, if you know, uh, uh, um, if you, if you go to maybe Google it, but the Andes Mountain, we live in the, in the, in the bottom of the Andes Mountain. We could see the snow in the winter. It was, it was beautiful. But when God started to call our family, we started to struggle. Do we have to go? Do we need to go? When our daughter got sick, it was another, another season. Do we have to go? Maybe God is stopping us to stay here, to take care of our family. But the fire of the calling was so big in us that we were really moving forward to following in obedience of what God had for us. But what about you? Are you following God's will? Are you doing the things that God is leading you to do. So we see here the Holy Spirit calling. But we also see the Holy Spirit guiding. Verse 4 says, The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. So Cyprus were... Uh, Barnabas' hometown. Barnabas was an influential youth, and Cyprus was a really strategic city to start to spreading the gospel. So God knew what was the best place to start. It was this small island, that small city, that was the beginning of all the gospel movement in that region. So they knew that God's plan through the Holy Spirit, they knew also God's place for them to be serving. They were sent out by the Holy Spirit. But third, when you obey God, when you follow God's word, when you follow God's purposes, you're going to face opposition. 
You're going to face tough times, hard times. And they, and here we see the Holy Spirit not only calling and guiding, but also protecting. Verse 9, we see a story here. Um, um, in verse 7, says, uh, the proconsul Sergius Paulus, uh, it was an intelligent man. He sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for that, I, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight to Elimas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kind of deceits and trickery. You will, ne you, will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? So when, you, when we obey God, when we follow God, we need to believe and we need to think that we are not alone. We will always have protection. We will always have God providing for our needs. So a thriving community, a thriving family, is a group of people that are a godly community, but also people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. But third, and this is really important, thriving ministries, thriving ministries, thriving families, thriving churches has always a humble attitude. And this is a hard one because sometimes we fight for positions. Sometimes we fight for have the first place in everything. Sometimes we fight for just to win the discussion, yeah, I, I was right. And everything, everyone was agree with me. I, I was right on this. But we are going to see here a humble person, a humble um, example. So Paul Tripp, he writes again about humility and he says this, the long-term health and gospel productivity of a church ministry leadership are directly related to the humility of the members of that community. And if there, if, if is there a reason why Paul and Barnabas has a great impact in this region, if is there a reason why they started to travel all around Asia and Europe sharing the gospel? It's because they were able to be a humble community. And I want to pause and focus on Barnabas. Barnabas was called in Acts chapter 30, uh, chapter 4, 4, verse 36. He was called by the apostle, son of encouragement. So what a name, right? He wasn't just any random guy on the church. He was called by the apostles, by the guys that were with Jesus three years, by those guys that were doing miracles and were doing amazing things in the early church. They, they put a, like, a, like a nickname to Barnabas. 
and they call him the son of encouragement. So he was a really influential guy. He was a really important guy in the early church. And also we see that in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, that he was the one who took Paul to the apostles and talked about Paul's conversion and testimony. So he wasn't always, he, he, he's not uh, just an important guy to the important person to the apostles, but he was like Paul's mentor. He was the guy that was discipling Paul. He took Paul to the apostles and he says, and he said to them, This is Paul, and God is going to do amazing things to him, through him. Please believe in what God is doing with him. In verse 80, in chapter 11, verse 25, he brought him, Paul, to Antioch. For a whole year, they meet with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. He took Paul to Antioch, to this small city, to do ministry, to do have a practical mission time there, to teach the word, to be a godly uh, leader in that community. But it was always Barnabas and Paul. It was always Barnabas the leader, and Paul was following Barnabas in everything what they were doing. But in Acts chapter 13, verse 1, uh, Barnabas was one of the leaders of the church if in Antioch. So in the way that the, the writers write the, the Bible, they always put the, like the leading guy first. The leading guy uh, names uh, first. So we see in this chapter, chapter 13, when, they, when he mentioned the prophets and teachers, Barnabas was the first on the list. So he was one of the leaders there. In, in chapter 13, verse, verse 7, we see that Barnabas is leading Saul. But we have a, a change in the history now in chapter 13, verse 43. And we see here, as Paul and Barnabas, it's not Barnabas and Paul anymore. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue. Best, verse 33. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the youth and the boat converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged, urged them to continue in the grace of God. So to see and to have a thriving community, we need to be like Barnabas. A humble guy. That his concern, his concern wasn't to have the first place. He wasn't worried about be the leader. He wasn't worried about be the name of in the screen. He wasn't worried about be the number one. He was able to be the the number two, the number three, because his major concern. His major passion was to, was to make Jesus' name known. It didn't matter who, were, who was leading. It didn't matter who were uh, maybe teaching or, or uh, creating the strategies. Bona was, was happy to help. 
He was happy to, to be a part of what God was doing at, the, at that time. So if we want to see thriving communities, thriving families, we need to be able to, be, to have a humble heart in our relationships with our spouse, in our relationship with our children. We need to be able to say, I'm really sorry about what I said. I'm really sorry if you're disappointed for something that I did. We need to be able to, to be humble to see Jesus growing in our communities, to, to see the name of the Lord being known by everyone. If we want to see a thriving church and a thriving family, we, have to, we need to have a clear message. With Paul and Barnabas, they didn't negotiate uh, with, with their message. And we're going to see verse 37 and 39. Paul says, But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified justified from by the law of Moses. Take care to what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, your scoffers wander and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you will never believe, even if someone told you. So they have a, a clear message. When we keep the message of the gospel, like the main important things in our families and in our, in our ministry, we are going to see a thriving moment in our life. Always keep Jesus, his death and resurrection as the main message in our life. Always keep Jesus in the middle, at the center of our families, of our problems, of our challenge, of our work, of our communities. Keep always Jesus as the main message because the gospel always produces something. When I came Australia to Australia this past March, I was researching and reading some uh, articles about the Christianity in Australia. And I was really impacted when I see uh, one director of a youth ministry saying that Australia and the youth in Australia is now... And I was really shocked when I read that because when we think about unreached groups, we think about 1040 window, the Middle East, or some villages in, in the jungle of South America, or maybe in Africa. But I, I never thought that youth, the youth groups, the young people in Australia, they were a unrich group. But when I just came to Australia, the first, uh, the first weekend, we ran a kickoff on Parkside Baptist Church. And there were a Asian guy on his 16 or 17 coming into the event. So he had fun and he had a really great time. But afterwards, I, he heard the gospel and uh, 
I wanted to talk to him. So we started to talk, and, uh, and I asked him, what do you think about the message of the gospel? What do you think about you just heard? And he was really shocked because it was the first time on his entire life that he heard the gospel, that he heard the name of Jesus, that he heard the story of Jesus dying in a cross for us, raising from dead and offering eternal life to us. And he goes and he said to me, this is the first time in my life that I heard about the gospel, that I heard about Jesus. But you know what? I cannot commit to that. Because my dad is a Buddhist, and I cannot betray my family. And I was really choking, and I say, yeah, there is so much people that needs to hear the gospel, even in this country, that they never have heard about the hope that we have in Jesus. So that's why we need always, we need to keep the message of the gospel always like the main Topic of conversation, like the, the message that leads our families and ministry and churches, that the rule w that we follow, because when we remember the message of the gospel, we remember that we were lost, but by the, we have joy, we have a new life in Christ, we have forgiveness, And the message of the cross help us to grow, to thrive, to overcome those difficult situations. Anymore. That are already, our youngest daughter, Michaela, she has a little, uh, little Argentinian uh, classmate, which is, was a blessing because the first two or three months, this uh, seven young boy was translating the classes for her. So that was, that was cool. We didn't know that. So we joined the class and we found out that there was a Argentinian boy, seven years old boy, and he, he's the, her tra personal translator. <laughs> so we met his mom and he's not a Christian. Her mother passed away two years ago. He couldn't go there and she was in a lot of pain and go there and she was in a lot of pain and struggles she's a single mother of two childs and my wife Madeline she started to pray for her and she was so excited because my wife is learning English but with this Argentinian lady he could speak in Spanish thing the beds and the mattresses and everything But when we finished, my wife told her, can, can we pause just 10 minutes? Because I, I really wanted to show Jesus, don't be you. Open up my eyes in wonders and foundation. And now it seems like we are stuck in a season in, in our life. And... It's like there's no way out from, from there. Sometimes we, we really want to see your church growing and thriving, or family moving forward. But you know what? 
As we go, we grow. As we go and share our faith, as we go and share what Jesus has done for us, our testimony, our stories, as we share our past and our new beginnings, we grow, we thrive, and we see families, churches, and ministries flourishing by God's grace, by God's mercy and God's power. So I would like to, to finish with a prayer. But please, if you can, close your eyes and, and talk to God for a moment. And just if, if, if God is leading now, if God is leading you now to go and reach one, I want you to challenge you to just one easy thing. Come forward, grab one of these rich one stickers, go back to your home, scan the QR code, put the name of your friend, and we are committed to pray for you. But I want you to challenge you to pray for rich one lost person with the gospel. Because remember, as you go, you grow. It's hard to, to grow if we don't move. It's hard to thrive if we do not move forward. But if you want to see thriving in your families and in your church, in your community, you need to commit yourself to be a light in this world. To a bunch of that and much for this time of of sharing your word. In Jesus' name, amen.